That was Enoch's testimony. I don't know if he knew the day that he was going to go up higher, but he just kept getting closer to God. I would love for one of our song services just to take us right on out of here. I sure enjoyed the worship tonight. God bless you. Good to be in the presence of the Lord this evening. Just a couple of quick announcements before we change the order of the service. We just have some visitors here. Sister Claudette, I believe that's your mom with you here. God bless you. Welcome. You're welcome to be here. Brother Bernard, Sister Esther, Sister Esther's parents are here. Brother Solomon, and I believe it's Sister Rosemary. God bless you. Nice to have you here. They're originally from Kenya, but I think they're residing in the United States a little bit. But good to have you here. God bless you. And there's some others that are visiting here. I see some early arrivals for a wedding this weekend and uh, from Saskatchewan, but nice to have you all here. Brother Andrew Dodd is back as well, but he's just having trouble staying up tonight. I don't know. And uh, he just got back last night about 11, so he's on working on about 9 or 10 hours difference, and that'll take a little time for him to adjust. But we're happy to have him back. I'm sure his family is happy to have him back as well. This weekend we have a wedding on Saturday, and then on Sunday... We're going to have guest speakers. Uh, Brother Paul Dirksen will be speaking on Sunday morning. Brother Brent Gransky will be speaking on Sunday night. So let's keep those in prayer. Some other ministers that will be here as well. I may have them say a few words. There's a few people that are, are missing because of illness and sickness, and maybe we can just keep them in prayer. Sister Lydia Wild is in the hospital and is just in a little bit of a slow decline, but she's... Um, I would say there's a sense of peace around her, and we just want to remember her in prayer, and she's still doing well, just sitting there. Every time I see her, I don't, I just reflect on her life and all the years of service and the faithfulness, so we want to remember her. Also, our sister Martha Robbins is in the Norwood Hospital. We want to remember her. She's suffering as well, and last time I spoke to her, she was in good spirits as well. And then there's one other need I just want to mention, but our brother Arinze, who's here, his family is from Nigeria. He has a brother who has been unconscious for several days, and the doctors don't know uh, what it exactly is, but he's burdened for him, and I want to remember him. So I'm just going to, let's just have a word, short word of prayer for these requests. If there's another one that you just want to hold up, I know we've prayed already, but I just want to bring these to the Lord if we can. Heavenly Father, tonight, just one more time, we're coming, and if there's anything that we know, Lord, it's only by your hands that we're upheld. Lord, in ourselves, we, we would fail time and time again, but Lord, how it is you that constantly lifts us and directs us and keeps us, and we're asking you, Lord, one more time tonight, Lord, we know that your eyes are upon us. We know they're upon your children. We know they're upon Israel, your nation. So, Lord, tonight, for the hospital rooms, 
We ask that you'd remember all these dear ones, our sister Martha Robbins, Lord, faithful and a good confession, Lord, but not doing well. I pray we commit her in your hands tonight, Lord, for our sister Lydia Wild. Father, how many years is faithful and loves to come to church, loves to hear your word, loves the singing. Lord, she's a Christian. She is yours. Would you remember her in this time? Father, for our brother Arinze's brother, Brother Ifiani, Lord, we want to commit him in your hands tonight. As he texted me a couple days ago and just remembering him, bringing him before your, gra your throne of grace, we bring him again tonight, Lord. It's many, many miles away, but Lord, one of your sons is coming and we as a people are coming and we're reminding you, Lord, before the throne tonight. Oh, Father, would you just reach your hand down tonight, Lord, as we just will change the order of the service as we've come aside, Lord, from the busyness of the day. How thankful we are for the songs that can be sung and for the presence of the saints, Lord. And Father, we just pray. We want to invite you. We don't take this for granted, Lord. Father, we ask that you would just look through the blood. You'd, your grace would be shed upon us. And Lord, we pray you'll anoint our brother Moses as he brings the word. Thank you for your presence here already. We commit ourselves to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to invite our brothers to come. I want to maybe just sing, The Battle is the Lord's, if we can. Sing that tonight. There are two, there is a source in time of need that gives me hope, that brings me peace, and that
the Lord in prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. We glorify your name. We praise you, God. We worship you, Father, this evening, Lord. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be worshipped. Father, you are the mighty conqueror. Father, you are one who conquered sickness. You conquered grave. You conquered death. You conquered, Father, Lord, anything that the enemy can put on our way. You already conquered, Father. We are walking in the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we recognize this evening that it's not our battle. It is your battle, Father. Help us to take courage in your word, Father. Help us to take courage in the promises that you've already given us, Father. Lord Jesus Christ, you say the same words to Joshua when he's about to take the land. Take courage, Joshua, because I've already given you the land, Father. Lord, we thank you, God, for the promise. We are walking by faith, not by sight, not by symptoms, but by what your word already proclaimed. Lord, we love you. We give you the glory and the honor. Once again, we humble ourselves before you, Lord. Forgive us where we have failed. Anything that is on the way, Father, may you take it away. May the blood of Jesus Christ that already repaired the bridge, Father, may it, Father, Lord, reconcile us to you once again this evening. Lord, we humble ourselves in your presence. May you come, speak to our heart, Father, Lord Jesus Christ. As the need that have been addressed, Father, we, we believe that you will do and you will work. You are already working, Father. Help us, Father, to put ourselves aside this evening, the speaker and the hearers, and let your word come and penetrate in our soul. We invite you, Lord. We open our heart. We open, Father, our souls. We want your word to come and make itself real to us, Lord. Let the Holy Spirit move among us, Father. Touch each, each, each heart, each individual, Father. Those who are here and those who are far away, may your presence be with them, Lord. We love you and appreciate you. We thank you for your presence through the songs, through the prayer, Father. We, are, we love you and we give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus Christ, and we pray. Amen. Amen. Such a nice spirit and such a presence of the Lord this evening. Amen. Greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and I invite you to go to the Word of God in the Bible, the familiar scripture in Isaiah 63. Thank you, musicians. And Thank the Lord for another opportunity to be gathered around the revealed word of the hour. And uh, thank the pastor for giving me another opportunity to speak this evening to you. And I thank God for his presence. Isaiah 63, verse 1 to 4. Who hath believed our report, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form, nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. We just read verse 5 and then 
and he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. May God bless his word and we can have a seat. Also greet everybody, those who are here and those who are streaming and the visitors. God bless you richly. Happy for Brother Andrew being back. Looking forward for the report. And I would like to talk to you and speak to you based my thought on the message of Brother Branham, the identified masterpiece of God. Just take a few thoughts from that. That's been speaking to my heart, and I just want to build on that for a few minutes and share the Word of God around that. I'll give you the title, The Making of the Perfect Masterpiece Bride. As Brother Ed shared with us that we, we need always to bring, even though we, there's a title, Bride, there, but he's still the center of our thought, is the master is the King, is the Lord of Lords, is the Christ that we have to point to. We cannot point to anybody else. We are here. He, we are even here because of Him, because of the work that He has done. So all the glory and the honor will go back to Him and to Him only. Amen. According to Wikipedia, the masterpiece is a, a creation that has been given much critical praise, especially one that is considered the greatest work of a person's career or a work of outstanding creativity, skill, profundity, or, and, and workmanship. So it's something that has taken someone, it takes someone some special care, special work, a lot of effort, and a lot of creati creativity, of skills, of, of ability to, to perform something, and it's, it's like the, sh the thing that, that the person can show that identifies even what, uh, if you talk about that person, if you talk about the work, you, you are talking about the person, and if you are talking about the person, you look at what the person has done, and what the person has done, that we call the masterpiece, that what the thing that he can present as the best thing that he can present for his work or for what he has been working on. Just think about it that God also has a masterpiece that he was working on and it is presented and I just want to bring a few thoughts about that the prophet says. In the identified masterpiece, the prophet says, he said, If you can't believe me, believe the works that I do. And if I don't do the works of him that sent me, then you don't have no right to believe me. So ought every Christian today to have that same testimony. If in this promised word of God, if our lives don't qualify or meet, meet exactly what the word said, then we have no right to call, ourselves, to call ourselves Christians if we are not born again. just want to put that as an emphasis. Maybe I will not build that on top of that too much, but I just want to say that if our lives don't qualify or meet exactly what the Word says, then we don't have no right to call ourselves Christians, if we are, especially if we are not born again. 
Jesus said in Mark 16, the prophet says, This sign shall follow them that believe. See, not they may, but they, they ought to. They probably will. So that's not the case. But they shall do it. They shall do it. They shall follow it. See, that sculpture that made us, that the church that yield out, that the body of Christ. So it's exactly so what if the Christian is a Christian. If you call yourself Christian, you must be born again. You have to be born again to call yourself Christian. Otherwise, you are not even converted yet. The conversion comes through the new birth. Amen? Otherwise, it might just be a, a, a say, oh, I'm convinced about something, but are you really, are you really changed? Are you really transformed? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? It's not just, oh, I believe, but have you been transformed? Has been changed? Has been your mind? Has been completely changed? That's what we are looking at. And the prophet will talk about the story about the Chinese laundry man. He says, when you come back, the piece of paper had to match his piece of paper, or you don't get your laundry. It means that's the way God made this covenant too. Our experience is not to match some creed, some dogma, some church denomination, but it's to match God's word. So we don't compare our experience or how we feel or how we see certain things, but our experience has to be matching what the Word of God is saying. When the experience has to match what the Word of God is saying, then we come to Christ and Christ claims us. He tore him in two at Calvary, part of him lifted up, and he set it up his right hand that was the body. The Spirit he came, sent back here to make a bride for him. That same experience that was in Christ has to be in us. Why I'm putting that to show that you cannot be a masterpiece outside of Christ. You cannot be and claim to be a masterpiece outside of Christ because there is only one masterpiece that has been identified is Christ. Christ is the chief masterpiece. Amen. But because if in order to be the masterpiece of Christ, in order to be a masterpiece, you have to be part of Christ. You have to be part of Christ. So the bride is nothing else but Christ himself. The bride is part of Christ. She's part of Christ. That's why she's a masterpiece too. Amen. And he says, he says, but when we look at it, look now at the chief masterpiece says, if we, if we would think that will be everything else but a masterpiece, because it said, we hid our faces from him and there was no beauty, we should desire him. And many times what we would call a masterpiece, while God will have nothing to do with it, because the wisdom of man is foolishness to God, but the foolishness of God is more wiser than all the wisdom of man. As those who know the story of, the, of Brother Banham is preaching this, those message believers, Brother Banham is preaching on this message, you will take the parallel of Michelangelo, you will take the image of Moses, you will show how we take that image of Moses, that the sculpture has to work on it, to work on it, to work on it, although it was just a piece of a, of a rock, but you will take on it and he's working on it because he had in his mind what Moses would present out of that, out of that rock. Think about it, the same thing for us, amen, by God's grace, we were we were out of the world, we are in different situations, we have no form, we have no nothing that we could present, but God takes you, God takes me, and he's sculpting on you, and he's working on you, and he's working on you, and he's working on you. He has the mind, and the perfect mind of what he wants you to be, and he keeps working on you, and he keeps working on you, he keeps removing part, he keeps removing part, he keeps removing part, and he's working on you because he has a perfect image in you and I, and that's what he wants to represent and that 
perfect image that he has in his mind, it is himself that he wants to portray in that image. Amen. And he's working on that, and, and Michelangelo is working on that image, he's working on that image, and at a certain point where it comes to the point where that image was reflecting Moses to such a point, he's always reflecting the Moses that he had in his mind, as he saw that picture of Moses becoming a reality, then he had to strike on it, and, he told, and he's telling to that image, speak, speak. Because it was so much in the image that he had in his mind. And he says, speak, and he strikes it. And the prophet, out of it, we can look at that great scripture, as great as it is, as beautiful as it is. The prophet with an eye of a prophetic eye, he looks at the scripture and he gives his own identification. What, is, what can you identify as a masterpiece for Michelangelo out of what he has done? The prophet says, it's not even the greatness, I'm paraphrasing, it's not even the greatness of the image. It's what, that, what the strike that he made on that leg, that's what made it the masterpiece. Such, such contradiction from what the artist or the expert could look. They will look at the eyes, they will look at the cones, they will look at the hair, they will look at the tables, they will look at all the different things. But the prophet comes and says, it was the striking on that leg that showed that it was the perfect masterpiece. The same for the Lord Jesus Christ as we can see with all the things, the miracles, we can see all the different things that going to happen in his life, as glorious as it is was, but it was the striking on the Calvary trees that made him the perfect masterpiece. Because if he had not died, we would have all of us be lost. But God had to strike him and tell him, speak now. Speak now because now it's the real representation of what I had in my mind, that the lamb should die for the sins of my people. Continue again, just reading what it says. So it says, so he got so inspired because he thought that really the mark on the leg, what made it to me the masterpiece, because he had just been another portrait or something of Moses, some kind of figure that some man had at the conception. But the man that was doing the work, it so satisfied him until it struck him that the mark on it made it the masterpiece to me because it perfectly reflected what was in his mind that Moses should look like. Now, when we can look at it as humanly speaking, we can look at it as a, as a defect. We can look at it as a something that is not really, why did he have to do? Why do you have to do? Why is the defect? Why is that defect? But the defect is actually the result of a or the consequence of an act on the work that was completed. We have that defect on that, uh, on that, on that arc, on that piece of arc, because of, as a consequence of, a, of an act that, of the work that was completed. It was because the work was completed, or the, word, the work was so perfect that he had to strike it to make it speak. Because it was so complete and so complete that he wanted to reflect and speak that he has to strike it to manifest what he has in his mind. I'll say this. You and I, we were made for a purpose. No one can take that purpose. The devil cannot take the purpose for which God has put you on earth. You and I has put you on earth. God has a purpose for you and I to fulfill. 
And the more as we are getting to that fulfillment of the purpose of God, I'm wondering if God has to strike the bride. He has a purpose in your life, each individual. No one else on the first of the earth can take your place. God has got something for you. You are made like that. What, what, who did that? He says, who was did that way for a purpose? God is sovereign in his work. Things different, we different from one another. Because God is not a sea or robot harmony house. He's a God of variety. He makes one way, one another. But we must serve him in the way that God made us and be glad and stay behind his word. That's the way God did it. So each one has a purpose, each one has a, has, a, has a work to do, each one has to accomplish what God wants us to do. But God, we are still a work, I would say a work in progress. God is still working on each one. God is still doing his work on each of us. What we need to do is just to surrender to the, to the poor and say, God, continue to do what you want to do in my life. I just want to lay myself at your presence and let you do your own work in my life. The prophet will say, in the masterpiece says, When we see him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, the perfect lamb for sinners, sinners lay in a perfect masterpiece. For nearly two thousand, God has seen, has been make, has, has been again making him a masterpiece because he struck Adam a piece of him, part of him, a rib to make a wife for him. Now that perfect masterpiece that he struck at Calvary, God a piece off of him. It's just the New Testament. That's all. He fulfilled the Old Testament. Now it's the New Testament. Another piece to be fulfilled. Another piece to be fulfilled. And I believe you and I, we are that piece that we have to fulfill. They see the new and old is husband and wife. So he taken the new to for the old to foreshow, to foreshow the new. Christ come, the masterpiece to fulfill that. Now his bride will fulfill everything that in the New Testament. Another masterpiece is in making. As it taken him 4,000 years to make this masterpiece, now he's been for nearly 2,000 years making another masterpiece, a bride for Christ, another masterpiece. In so doing it, he does it by his never-changing method. He does it by his never-changing method. What is the making of the perfect masterpiece? We have to look how we did the first masterpiece. Because it doesn't change the method how we did the first masterpiece. It doesn't change the method how he's doing the second masterpiece. He's still working on it. Amen. And he says, that's the way. And he continues, says, in so doing, he does it with his never-changing method. The same way he made the masterpieces were. That's the way he makes his masterpieces. Because it can only be a perfect masterpiece when it's the perfect word. Any dirt, any trash, injection, it will break. But the heavens and earth will pass away, but that word will never break. You remember in cutting a diamond that you have to have a perfect tool to do it with, not just any piece will do it. I've seen tons of them being grind, big grinder crash right through it and move them tons over past that diamond. So showing how to crush that to make, in order to make a beautiful jewel and everything. But I want to show here, if by God's grace, if I can show you is 
In order to make the real masterpiece or the perfect masterpiece, the prophet says, you need to have the perfect word. You cannot have a masterpiece, the perfect masterpiece, without the perfect word of God. Because God, even the first masterpiece, was the word of God. So the bride has to become the word of God as well. She has to become the word of God. The first masterpiece, he has to build the right foundation. The prophet will show it will be the right foundation, be the foundation of Abraham, the foundation of Isaac, the foundation of Jacob, the foundation of Joseph, the foundation of faith, the foundation of, of love, the foundation of grace the foundation of, 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 of the perfection of in Joseph's life. I believe that the bride is also, that's why the, prophets, that's why the prophet was sent, in order to bring us to the right foundation. The church, he has to restore the foundation. He has to restore the altar. He has to restore the word of God. Because the bride cannot be standing as a masterpiece without a perfect and a real and good foundation of the word of God. I will send you my Malachi the prophet, in order to restore you to the faith of our forefathers. Aren't you happy that we are part of the bride of Jesus Christ that has been restored to the true word of God? Not a man's idea, not a man's idea, not a man's philosophy, but the true word of God, the pure word of God that gives perfect faith. Amen. Every time that the prophet or servant was raved, the Satan was attacking him. He's attack, he attacked Moses. He got into Moses and he broke the commandment. He took, he took, attacked David, and David had he, he committed adultery. So every prophet that was built on upon those, those the, upon that foundation, the devil was thinking that it will be the masterpiece. That it will be the masterpiece, but they were not the perfect masterpiece. They were just part of building. It was word upon word, word upon word, because the prophet represented the word. It was word upon word, word upon word, word upon word, until it came to the full perfection of Jesus Christ, the Word Himself. The bride cannot become the real masterpiece until unless she's built word upon word, word upon word, word upon word, precept upon precept, line upon line. Don't be neglect, negligent to hear the word of God, to accept the word of God. God, I just want the word of God in my heart because that's what is building me to come to the real image of Jesus Christ once again in this last age. Then the prophet says, when they said he was a man where he was hanging on Calvary, but when they give him the greatest tribute they ever did, when they say he saved others, he cannot save himself. What a wonderful tribute or compliment they paid him. If he saved these others and himself, he couldn't save others. So he had to give himself in order to save others. He was a man when he cried for mercy, when he said, My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? He died like a man, but when he rose on Eastern morning, he proved that he was God. No one of the prophet could say, living, the poet would say, living, he loved me, dying, he saved me, buried, he carried my sins away, rising, he justified freely forever. Aren't you happy that you are justified like you have never done it to begin with? And some, someday is coming, oh, glorious day. And we are living in the time of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
as good as we are celebrating and we thank God for him, for him dying on a heart, but we are also waiting for him, for our body to be changed so we can be in his presence forever and ever. That's what we are longing for. Amen. The perfect masterpiece was nothing else but the Lord Jesus Christ because he was not only a man, but he was God himself. As he could cry in presence of, a, of the tomb of Lazarus, but when, when, when he saw when everything was in place and he saw what God has already revealed to him, he could move his frail body and say, take, take away that stone, because he knew that the Father will answer already his prayer. I thank you, Father, because you always hear my prayer. And he called by the name of Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth from that tomb. He was more than a man. He was God, the master the chief masterpiece. Amen. And if he had not mentioned the name of Lazarus, all the dead would have raised from the tomb. But I'm glad that he specified, oh, Lazarus, come forth from that grave. Oh, the real masterpiece. No wonder Paul could say, talking about the beating of Calvary, he says, 1 Corinthians 18, he says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, but unto the Greeks foolishness, but for us we know it is the power by which we are saved. So he was smitten for us in order to speak. The Proverbs say the identified masterpiece of God. The masterpiece to me and to you is because God smote him. He smote him at Calvary. If he hadn't been smitten, no matter how many dead he had risen, how great he had preached, what his great life was, what his claims was, he was proven there. He was so pleased God was till he was the only man that ever stood on the face of the earth that God could smite for the rest of them. That perfect one was smitten for the imperfect. The whole creation that had fell through Adam, it was redeemed through Jesus Christ. God's masterpiece has stood the test. How did he do it? By the word. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. How is the bride going to overcome? It's going to be by the word of God. That's why never neglect the word of God. Never take the thought or never take the word of God that has been revealed in our age as the thought of an opinion of a man or even of a prophet. We should not even the idea of thinking, no, it was just a prophet idea that the prophet sees things or that was the context of his generation, that was the context of his time. That's not man's idea. It's the perfect will of God, the perfect thought of God that has been expressed in our generation and we are taking it so dearly because the only way to overcome Laodicea age, you need to have the word for your age. Amen. End time message shall meet end time conditions. We have received the word of God to meet the end time conditions. How are we going to overcome? It's not by my own strength, but by the anointing of God in our last age that I've received through the message of the hour. That's why I can overcome. The prophet says, for nearly 2,000, God has been trying to cut him a masterpiece bride. For 2,000, he has been trying to cut the masterpiece bride. 
but through denomination, and he couldn't, he couldn't have that masterpiece bride. To cut him a masterpiece bride, call the church. That's right. How does God do it? He does it by his never-changing method, the word. God never changes his method. Anybody, you can, you change, I change, time changes, the world changes. Just imagine if we had to be like churches that changes based on the opinion, the popular opinion of people. We will be changing standards. We will be changing opinions. We will be changing the church order. We will be changing different things based on the opinion or the other things that are changing or the time that is changing. Even though the seals have been revealed 60 years ago, it's still as fresh as today and it's still valid today. It's still the word of God today. It's still changing life. It's still transforming life. It doesn't depend on the condition of the outside. The word of God is transforming a bride. It's cutting the bride to present to the Lord a pure, perfect, masterpiece bride. It says the world changes, but God doesn't change. He's perfect. He doesn't change. So the way he does anything the first time, he does it every time the same way. Give me some. Looks like I'm, I'm back to the screaming preacher. So. <laughs> I'm the voice of the one shouting in the desert. <laughs> Sorry, I just threw it like that. <clears throat> So you change, I change, times changes, the world changes, but God doesn't change, he's perfect, he doesn't change. The way he does everything the first time, he does it every time the same way. He saved man on one time because he repented, that's the way he will save man again. He healed one man because he had faith, he will heal the next one on the same basis. He never changes his way because he's, he's sovereign and he's eternal. So we should, not, we should not have shortcut upon the word of God. Oh no, there's been a real person. He has been a good child. He was raising a message, so he doesn't need to repent. Repent is not saying, is repenting. repentance is not only saying, oh no, I, you know, I've still yesterday, or you know, I stole yesterday, you know, so that's why I'm repenting today, you know. That's not that repentance. Repentance is a change of mind. I used to think this way, but now I've been completely changed. I see God that I cannot overcome without you. Lord, I need you. I surrender my life to you. Lord, I realize that this message is the only thing that can give me life. It's not the religion of parents. It's my, relig it's my personal experience. That's the real repentance today. We're not asking you to go in the world and then come back and, and then say, I repent. That's not the repentance we are looking for. The repentance is a change of heart. It change. God, change my mind. Change my love. Change my affections. I used to love the things of the world. I don't love them anymore. So, Lord, I'm repenting. I'm changing. I want you to lead me. I want to give you my heart. I want to be your bride. I want to be faithful. Change everything in my whole being. I want a real relationship with you, Lord. I, I desire that in my heart. That's the real repentance. Otherwise, just conviction or changing of, it becomes like dogma and things. We don't call people to come to a certain dogma. We want a personal relationship with God. God is looking for the perfect masterpiece bride. 
Amen. So it says infinite, omnipresent, omniscient is God. The faith doesn't have to ask anybody for wisdom. He doesn't have to wait till he learns more. He doesn't need any new degree. He's perfect. Whatever degree and whatever thing he makes first, his first decision remains the same forever. It can never be changed. Oh, how glad I am. I thank God for the message of God that doesn't change. Amen. Because everything changed, but God does not change. His first opinion about the word of God stays the same thing. Amen. You can grow in the revelation, but it doesn't change the mind of God regarding the word of God. And as we are growing as a, as a, as a, as a, as a Christian, we are learning new things. We, the word of God is unfolding. It's becoming more and more real. But it doesn't change the purity of the message of the hour. It's still as pure as at the first time when we believed. God, we just want you to reveal yourself more and more, to unveil yourself more and more. Amen, amen. So we become the bride only when his life is brought into you. The prophet says, Christ in you, amen, that it, his life has been brought into you, then you become the bride. When his life has been brought into you, then you become the bride. Then in Identified Masterpiece says, when God and Christ become one, they were one, because God was the word, and the word was made flesh. The flesh and the word became one. And when the church becomes Christ's bride, she and the gospel are the same. So when she becomes Christ's bride, she and the gospel are the same. And that's what we want. The message is not something only to read on the notes. We want the message to become us. Do you want to see the message? See my life. Do you want to see the message? Look at my life. God, make me the message. Not only to speak the message, but to be the message. I want my life to be speaking the message, Lord. I want to reflect Christ, amen. And sometimes it will take a smiting, amen. Because as you are reflecting him in more, he will smite you for you to speak more, amen. What is that smiting God? Take away anything of the world. Take away anything of the world. So that my life can speak more of you. My life can speak more of you. Less of myself and more of Jesus Christ. So that's what brings us to another level when the gospel and us are the same. When we do something, it's just because... We if we do something, these are my notes. So if we do something and we do it just because we know that's the right thing to do and not having Christ, we have not reached the point yet. Because the prophet says in Identified Masterpiece of God, he says, are you ready to stand out? You better not do it just because you think it's the right thing. I'm doing this, I think it's the right thing to do. You know, if I have to go this way, I think it's the right. Why are you not doing those things? I think it's the right thing to do. No. You better have Christ in you. And Christ convinced you. And Christ only can do the right thing that is according to God's word. So it goes beyond the mind. It comes into the heart. 
It's God convincing you that I can only live that kind of life. As the people say, Brother Banham usually says, you know, I'm paraphrasing the prophet here. But when you do, why you, 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 are, you are bound, you, you are slaves. He says, no, I'm free to do anything I want to do. You are free to do anything you want to do. But I can only, I desire to do only the thing that pleases him. I cannot help by doing what, uh, what want to please him. If I discover that I'm doing something that is wrong, oh, I'm so, I'm so, I would say, so sad. And you feel like, you know, sometimes even if you're not done anything, you just feel like, what's going on? It looks like something is missing. Just the spirit of, what's going on? God, you praying. What's going on? And sometimes, oh, I think what I said there. I'm just joking and then I, something slip. Oh, forgive me, Lord. Did someone come to tell you and say, you must not say, just the Holy Spirit inside of you is working because he cannot sustain that kind of attitude. You are a dove, you are a lamb. It's from the inside to the outside. God working from the inside to the outside. That's what we desire. Because you better have Christ in you because that word is eternal. And that word is what will raise you up again. You become part of that word. You are identified with that word. Goes on another paragraph. says, he's making a bride. Yes. He's ewing the chips. Now chopping off the world. Oh, church joining and creeds and denominations and dogmas. The whole has to be cut away from the church. Their formal ideas, their indifference, their doctrines and things. It's talking about denominations. I'm scared that sometimes we have that kind of attitude sometimes. Oh, just join that church and I'm fine. That's not fine. It's more than that. I want to just have that kind of idea. You know, we believe this. What do you believe? I believe what the pastor believes. And what does the pastor believe? I believe what, that he believes what the word of God says. Okay, but what do you believe? That's not that. It has become a personal revelation. Or those indifference and the doctrines. It's, it's even more than doctrines. I'll say the message is more than doctrines. The message is life. It's the life of Jesus Christ. The bride. You become the bride when the life of Jesus Christ comes into you because the bride and the bridegroom are just one. You can't separate one from the other. The, master, the masterpiece family is God himself. How come? Because the bride is part of God. The children are part of God. All of us, we are part of God. The masterpiece family is God himself. Are you with me this evening? Oh, we thank God for the message of the hour, don't we? Of what God is doing in our lives. Come back and let the master, the prophet continue. Come back and let the master pick up the bow. Let the master pick up, pick you up in his hands and strike the word. Say, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Say, Amen, Lord. Make me, mold me, make me, Lord, what I should be. Then there will be a different thing. That's what we want every time, stay in God mold me, change me, remove anything of the world. You are the great sculptor. Continue to work on me to make me the perfect masterpiece bride, striking me every time, striking me every time. 
and removing anything that is not of the world. The prophet will go in the message, and we know from the type. Last time I talked about the, 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 the law of, of sowing, and it will show that the seed, that study that the, in the Ephesus, that seed was, was the seed of God, and it started, but at the Nicaea Council, it died. Or they, they died, it got rotten. But God promised that he will bring a restoration. God is bringing up restoration. It started with a small, small the plant sprouting, sprouting in the time of Luther. It's sprouting in the time of Luther. There are different words that I was just thinking, oh, I can't say those English words. I have just to put it them now. Always get confused on that, but I won't deal on that, stay on that. So sprouting, and it's become a stalk, and a tassel, and then the pollen, and the husk, and the shark that we are all familiar with, or the world in English we are all familiar with. But we are come to the part where the grain is come back to the maturity again. The grain and the shark, they cannot inherit, they cannot be here together, they cannot stay together. They are so similar, but they cannot be, they cannot, they're almost to the point that you can confuse one from the other, but the air, but the shark cannot be air with the seed. We have come back to the seed now. How have we come back to the seed? Because the full word of God has been restored. We are back again to the original seed, the original seed that went on the ground, the original seed has come back again to the full life. We are in the time of the harvest time, the seed has come to the full maturity. Now, I want just to point to you that when we, when we talk that the perfect, the perfect masterpiece bride, it doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. We make mistakes. You will make mistakes. We make mistakes. But we have come to the point where we have come to the completion. There is no other word of God that can be added to the word of God that we have received to make the bride perfect. It's because she has received the full restored word of God of the age. Amen. The seed is the masterpiece, my note here. So the shark and the, sh- oh, the husk and the shark is the carrier has given place to the seed. The word comes back to the word. The third pool, the hot sun of July, comes only to the seed that is coming to the full maturity. The prophet said the masterpiece is, see the three stages, the stalk, tassels, and the pollen, then the husk, and then out of the husk comes the original seed, not a seed, it was the life of the seed growing through this to come to the seed. Amen, amen. Do you see it? What is it? A resurrection. A resurrection coming back to the masterpiece again like the one that went in. So how can you come to the masterpiece again? Just, it needs a resurrection. <laughs> it needs a resurrection. What a resurrection that was, what a resurrection this is. is. We are going through the resurrection. We are going through a process of the being changed and coming to the masterpiece. Read again the prophet, what he says here. I'm using, time is going fast, but I'm using this in a parable now of the bride, the masterpiece that's coming forth. As the masterpiece fell, there is a masterpiece rising. The masterpiece fell at Pentecost or Nicaea, Rome, at Nicaea. After Nicaea, Rome, she's come through a process, but she's coming right back again to that masterpiece perfected cause she's part of that word that was spoken by him he'll have a church without spot or wrinkle it will not be connected anyway with any kind of an organization of denomination the cursed thing it's passed through those things but it will never be there it will never be there notice the seed is coming up that life is coming up not going back 
There will be no more resurrection after this. The life is coming up to go to its perfection, a resurrection. And then it says, we all know Revelation 3, what it, Revelation 3, what it says. Revelation 3, we find out that the Laodicean church age put him out. See, it didn't back in the other ages because there was something else yet to be made. It just passed through and went on to another, the message masterpiece. They put him out. Think about it. They put Christ out. They put the word of God out. They rejected the word of God. The one who can save them, they rejected him out. But how did they reject him out? Because they rejected the word of God. Now it says, the same message, the masterpiece of 64. It says, she's smitten from the church, from the church body, smitten with her master for the same purpose. She's the word. Now she, just the same as Joseph was smitten from his brethren because he was the word, and Jesus was smitten from his brethren because he was the word, the church is smitten. The bride is smitten from the church because she is the word. There is your stages again. One, two, three, see, see exactly. The word living in and in action, the Bible bride, not some man-made bride, the Bible bride smitten and afflicted of God. No beauty she will desire. We should desire her, but yet we did esteem her smitten and afflicted of God. That's right. She stands alone. She's smitten from all the denominations according to Revelation 3. I was just thinking about it, but how, how, we, how can he relate the scripture that relate that the bride is smitten is taking the same scripture as when Jesus Christ has been rejected from the world? Because Jesus has been rejected from the world, but now it says the bride has been, has been, has been smitten according to Revelation 3. She's smitten, and he continues, she's smitten out of Laodicean church ages that she was raised up in. See, this church was raised up in Laodicean church age. That's the husk, and, and them others went. So she's smitten, she's rejected. So Christ is being rejected when he's in the bride. He's being rejected from the other denominations. If you don't believe it, put your opinion, not your opinion. Go to your word of God in the classroom and says, you know, the word of God says that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. You will realize very quickly that you have been smitten from this generation. That the word of God that is inside of you that you are living for has been rejected by the world. How it's been rejected? It has already been rejected in a letter form, but now it's been rejected in your life by the world. The world has nothing to have part with what you are living because the word of God is inside of you. So as Christ is being rejected, the bride is being rejected as well. Just got a few thoughts, but going going deep there, the prophet is showing that how the first church, the Alpha is the Omega, and show the preview of the bride. I just want to read a few things here to encourage a little bit here. It says, we are talking about the process of making that. It says, the identified masterpiece, it's told one time the gold, the old gold before the head is meter. They used to take the gold and beat it, the bitter wool, the Indians in the early days when Arizona was in youth, they beat the gold until the bitter seen his own reflection in the gold. 
They beat it all the iron pyrites to draw the dirt out of it until the beater could see his own reflection like a mirror beaten out. That's what the gospel does. So many people don't like to be turned over and beat out. Why are you talking about makeup? Why are you talking about those things? Why are you talking, why are you talking about the long dress? Why are you talking no long heels? Why are you talking? Why are you talking? Why, why, why you want to talk about this? Talk to us, brother Barnum, talk to us about how to receive the gift, how to be more spiritual. You are refusing the beater, the beating of the master. You need to accept the beating of the master because he wants to reflect himself through you. He wants to show himself through you. Amen. That's what the gospel does. So many don't like it to be turned over and beat over. What that the church needs tonight is a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost beating out of the world, of the world and the things of the world. That's what Pentecost needs tonight. That's what our movement needs tonight is a good old-fashioned gold turning beating until all the world is beaten out of us and Jesus Christ is reflected. Don't follow the world. Don't be like Laodicea when it's the summertime and the flesh is coming out and you think like you can. No, that's the world. You are the perfect masterpiece bride. So that the beating is until the reflection is done. So how we usually see the reflection, it's usually the face. He wants to see his own face into us. Do you remember the identification, the identified masterpiece, as, we are, as, 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 as he's beating that gold, as he's beating the hard gold, it's not changing the quality of the gold. It's not changing the quality of the gold. The gold stays the same. The gold stays the same, but, the, but it's just the dirt that is coming out. The, the gold is, is even when he put him in the heat and he's putting in the heat and he's beating with the hard heat and trials and different things, the trials don't change you. <laughs> They're just removing the things of the outside. More of ourselves, more of ourselves. But doesn't change our real pure nature inside of us. The seed of God doesn't change. Nothing of the world can remove that seed of God. Nothing can, 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 make, it, can, make, it, can make it die. It stays pure. It stays unadulterated. The seed of God is real. Amen. But as he's beating on you, as he's beating on you, and he's beating on me, he's beating on me, he knows what he's doing. Sometimes we don't like it. I don't want to go to this trial. Oh, God is so hard, and we, we don't want that. But God knows what he's doing. He knows the end result of what you are going through because he's the great sculpture. He's making the perfect masterpiece bride. The same way as Jesus Christ went through that, there is a little bit of suffering that the bride is going through. But it's not changing the nature of the bride. She's becoming more and more like him. And so he beats you and he look at himself. Oh, I don't see him. I don't. Oh, oh, help us, Lord. As he's trying, he's not trying you, he's trying our faith. He's trying the same faith, his own faith that he put inside of you. That what he's making go through the trials in order to reflect to express himself as he wants it to be expressed. Coming to the original thought again. It's still the masterpiece. It has no change. But what makes it the masterpiece, it's when it strikes it, so that the masterpiece can speak. 
He gives you the faith, but sometimes we don't know the real faith that we have until he strikes us, and then we express that faith through our mouth. God, I still believe you. Then God says, oh, my son is expressing the same faith I put inside of him. That the same faith is expressing to me and saying, Lord, I believe you. I still love you. I still have confidence in you. Then God says, oh, this is my son. This is my daughter. She's coming to the perfect representation of what I wanted her to be. So the beating does not break the gold properties. It only removes the dross, the impurity. The beating is helping to remove a lot of ourselves. If you don't believe it, that we have a lot on ourselves, listen to what the Word of God says. John 6 says, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Romans 7, 18 says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, the greatest enemy is our flesh. Dwelleth no good things, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. But I want to draw your attention here. God's promise can never fail. As I'm closing up. God's promise can never fail. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment that shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and the righteousness of me, save the Lord. Because nothing shall hurt you, nothing can prosper, nothing can hurt the bride. Nothing can hurt your feeling, therefore you are free from all the scandal of man. Whatever anybody says against you that just brings more love, nothing can hurt you. In the flesh, you can be hurt. In the flesh, we are hurt, but nothing hurts the real us. Inside, nothing can hurt us. The prophet says, Melchizedek, being eternal with him at the beginning, the eternal life that you had, he thought of what you was only wanted you to. He wanted me to stand in the pulpit, say, he wanted you to sit in the seat tonight. Then we are serving his eternal purpose. And the one that left home only came to the earth to serve his purpose. Is that right? After it finished, it brought back in a glorified state. It matured and brought back again. No wonder Paul could say when there was building a block to chop his head off, he said, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Say, death, tell me where you can make me holler. Grave, tell me how you can, you, you be going to hold me, for I am a possessor of eternal life. Say, so, amen. He recognized death, hell, grave, nothing could hold him. Nothing can hurt us. God, eternal life. He realized he was blessed with eternal life. Skipping things here, but. The, the devil will challenge you will challenge you on the perfect quality, on the state of saying that you are perfect, but we recognize that we are not perfect in the flesh because we make mistakes. The prophet says, I make many mistakes, still make them, will always make them. Think about it. The prophet makes mistakes. 
still makes them and will always make them. But when I make them, the Holy Spirit tells me that I'm wrong. Then I repent right there. Lord, forgive me. I didn't mean to do it. You help me now. I walk right on the same thing because just so sooner that does, then, then it goes, that because just no sooner than it goes from my lips, if we confess our sins, it's just to forgive them. Is that right? The devil say, you know what, I'll tell you, you were supposed to go do a certain thing. You didn't do it. Or you sinned, didn't you? I say, I confessed it. Yeah. Well, I tell you, no, don't talk to, don't, no, don't talk to me. No, sir. I have perfect faith in who told me if I confess my wrongs, he will forgive me. So I confess it. Just go on away from me. I don't care nothing about you anyway. So just keep moving on. Walk boldly right on into it. If death lays there, that's all right. Move right on into it with a perfect faith that God has promised what will raise you up at the last days. Yes, sir. Are you sick? Just look at the word of God. I'm looking at what the word of God says and I'm staying with the word of God. By his stripes, I'm already healed. He has already been smitten, so the price has already been paid, so I can claim what he has already purchased for me. Amen. He is the chief masterpiece. Amen. The prophet says, God's way that has been made for us. I just listened to that quote. I was a little message. It just blessed my heart. God has already a provided way. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to look for solution. We don't have to think. We don't have to try to conceive something. We don't try to come up with a certain concept, certain solution. How are you going to make the rapture? You don't have to come up with a It's a way that is already provided for us. You just walk in that way that is already provided for us. Oh, I'm going through a certain thing. I have a depression. I have anxiety. You don't have to figure out those things. Walk in the solution that has already been provided. He has already provided a way. And that way is Jesus Christ. Just stay with him. Look to him. Focus on him. Sing songs to him. Praise him. Sing for him. Glorify his name. The solution has already provided Confess his word. The solution has already been provided. <laughs> Let me read that quote and then we'll be closing. It says, everything is God in his kingdom belongs to us. He just takes the whole big book full of checks and sign his name on the bottom says, here you are. Anything you need, go get it. Amen. Don't be afraid to fill it out. Fill it out and hand it and say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, it will come to pass. Whatever things you desire, Mark eleven twenty four. when you pray, believe you will receive it, you shall have it. Sign out the check and say, Lord, I need healing. Tear it off and say, there you are, Lord. I ask in Jesus Christ's name for my healing. Say, thank you, Lord, and walk right on. Amen. Believe on the healing and it comes right back like them crows sending you down that foot Elijah. There it is. Oh, say, I need salvation for my soul. What you'll do, just write out and say, Lord, come here. And I'll hand it out to him. Because, why? Because it is already provided. We are going through trials and different things. It's molding our character. It's molding our character. I like that thought of the brother Tim preached here. It's not... It's not like we have to create our own character. It's just his own character that is being expressed. 
as himself was made perfect through suffering, God allows certain things to arrive by his sovereign grace. His sovereign grace will allow certain things. But he's not, he's not the author of frustration. He just wants to express himself in a greater way. We just want to need God. That's your promise. I stand on your promise. I look to you. I walk with you. Oh, God, help us, Lord. As you and I, we are going through those trials. God, help us, Lord. We just want to look to your promise. Because you gave those promises and we are standing on your promise. They will never fail. You are making the perfect masterpiece bride through your word and through the circumstances you allowed to come. Musicians can come. God always made a provided way. Sometimes he doesn't lead through pleasant things. Sometimes he goes through the hardship. But it's God's provided way. God makes it anyhow. One time he had a man in God's provided way. He had to go in through a lion's den, but he went God's provided way. God brought him back out again. Hallelujah. I can see some Hebrew children sitting down there in Babylon one morning. They refused to bow to, bow to an idol. That's why they say, we, don't, we won't do it. Beat all the music you want to or sound your cornet and trumpet, but we will not bow down to your idol. Hallelujah. Give us some Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Lord. Those who can stand on the word of God no matter what, no matter how difficult it is, but they stand on the word of God. Like Caleb, like Joshua and Caleb, no matter how the obstacles, no matter how the symptoms, no matter how the giant they are in the land, but I'm standing on God's word. I'm standing on God's way. It's God's way. As, as long as it's God's way, I'm walking with him. I'm talking with him. I'm staying with him. And we know the end result is going to be nothing else but the victory because he has already given us the victory. I want to read, I feel like I will finish that, but let me just read this. I feel like in my heart to read this. Even when God plans allow things and we have to pray, prayer is not exactly bringing God down to man, it's bringing man up to God. As you pray, you lose sight of these earthly things. 1 John 2, 12 17 says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Just thought, God, that the message we have received. The message is speaking to us because he knows that the potential that is inside of each one of us has already overcome the world. He that is inside of you is greater than he that is in the world. The message is not to put us down. The message is to show us who we are, sons and daughters of God. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I've written, I've written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, the lust thereof. But he that, doth the will, that do, does the will of God abideth forever last quote and then a song in order for this to speak he is the word for the word to speak he must come into the image and then for that image to speak it's got to be smitten 
He comes into the image, and then in order to speak, the perfect redeemer. In order for us to speak sometimes, we have to be smitten by the word of God or by situations that he loves. When the role is called up yonder, I will be there. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more And the morning breaks eternal bright and fair When the saved of earth shall gather as they over on the other shore And the rule is called up yonder I'll be there Oh, when the rule is called up Yeah. 
quality that he put inside of the seed is just to endure Lord I don't know how it's going to happen I don't know how but let me just endure through this trial you will give me the solution you will give me the victory help me just to endure as I'm going through this father help me just to endure the sound doctrine the word of life help me to endure the trial whatever you're for me let me just walk with you, surrendering myself to you. Brother Brandon, would you come? Just close the service, don't mind. Let's just bow. Our gracious and precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you this Wednesday evening, giving you thanks for all that you've brought us through, the blessings that you've poured out upon us, that you've watched over us in these last days and these hours through the trials and cares that we faced in this life. For the health of our body, Lord, you have provided. For the food on our table, the roof on our head, that you've watched over and carried us through. 
And Lord, most of all, though Satan may blow in this late hour, Lord, and the world breaks and turns on every side, there is a place of refuge, Lord. There's a safety, a security that we have knowing that the angels of God stand around and that your word is in us to live out and discern the spirits of this last age. And Lord God, we just thank you and appreciate you for that as you continue to mold us into that masterpiece that you envisioned before the foundation of this world, before the stars were ever laid out in their places and the planets aligned in their orbits. Lord God, you already saw that we would be standing here and you have made provision for us. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for this. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here for this Wednesday, Lord. And though our bodies may be tired, Lord, you fed our souls. So, Lord, we just give you thanks. We ask that you would restore strength to our brother who has labored and studied and set himself aside. And for our journeys home this evening, Lord, would you just go with us and bring us together again, we pray in the name of our precious Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, brother. Bless you. I'm thinking of, it's working on me, but I want to change. If I, I must tell Jesus, we can sing two verses and then we can continue, but be going. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone in my distress he kindly will help me he ever loves and cares for his own
praying for the wedding this Saturday. Bless you.